From Tally to Cali, it's time to wake up. Warchant.com is your ultimate seminal sports source. And this is Wake Up Warchant, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. One now here's Warchant.com's ass on Hunch of Andy. Many, 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 many men wish they for me. Yeah, I don't cry no more. I don't look to the sky no more. Cause I got it on me. Wake up! What is up, everybody? It is Wake Up War Champ, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Coming up on today's show, day one of spring football in the books. Corey and myself out there the entire time. We got lots of observations. We shall share. Just like we would if you were sitting next to us at the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill, and you have some cheese curds. Here, have some. Right off Corey's basket. Corner Pocket Bar and Grill, cptallybar.com is the website. Tuesday is Trivia Night. Why don't you head over there, folks? Play. It'll be fun. Have some great food as well, and drinks. Maybe play some darts, billiards. It's all there for you at the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. cptallybar.com is the website, 2475 Appalachia Parkway. We're also brought to you by vitaminenergy.com. Use that promo code WARCHAMPBOGO, B-O-G-O, and you will get an item of equal or lesser value for absolutely free. Can't believe it. They're still doing it. They love you because they're Florida State grads, just like most of you listening to this program. On Monday, to make it through the long day, Corey, so got to sleep in a little bit still, made my breakfast, went to the gym, got a good lift in, got the car washed, got all the pollen off of it, went to the grocery store, went and watched practice, Mm. half shot, half shot of the mango vitamin energy focus. Got me through the entire day pretty darn sharp, knocked out the uh, practice video, interviewed Norvell, Jordan Travis, you and Jeff talked, did your thing, put that together. Had dinner, then we did the podcast afterwards, all on a half shot of Vitamin Energy. VitaminEnergy.com, promo code is WordChant, B-O-G-O, 260 milligrams of natural caffeine. That'll help you. That'll get you going. Vitamins as well, packed with anything you could possibly want to feel good about your day. Corey, how are you, man? I'm good, buddy. I I, I would recommend people, you know, the Knowles basketball team plays at uh, 2 o'clock today. Hmm, correct. Uh, for their lives. They're playing for their season. If they lose today, then the season is over. Nobody wants that. No. So they got Georgia Tech at 2 o'clock, right in the middle of Seminole headlines, actually. Um, so I would recommend people, uh, you know, if you've had a long morning, pop in some seven-hour energy. Pop in that vitamin energy, right? Absolutely. Get that vitamin energy Absolutely. up in you. And that's how you watch Florida State basketball in 2023, with a shot of energy. Because right. you need it. Warchant.com, Ultimate Seminole Sports Source. Hey, everybody, take advantage right now if you're not a member. Four months, 10 American dollars. That's it takes you beyond spring football again Mm. 10 american dollars full complete premium access to warchant.com no promo code needed just go over to warchant.com and see it at the top of the screen if you're not already a member 10 bucks four months come on y'all hop aboard it's going to be good times hit the thumbs up five star ring review as well please and subscribe to the youtube channel while you are at it all right Corey, let's get to it actually real quick first are you ready to announce that you are officially a morning person practice during the fall, everybody, is mornings. During spring, Norvell likes to do it in the afternoon around 4 o'clock or so. That way, surrounding high schools, even schools outside, I guess, maybe this close drivable footprint, uh, that gives them the opportunity to come down. Players, coaches, watch practice. So he likes doing spring uh, in the afternoon. Are you kind of missing the fall where we get everything done by like 11 a.m. practically? Yeah, it kind of runs into, you know, my night plans. You know, after the after the uh, the practice, you know, I did the stand-up with Jeff yep. that you filmed. 
And I went to my car because I couldn't get back into the baseball stadium to go to the oh. press box to write. So wrote a story from my car, drove home, wrote a column. All that's on Warchant, by the way. Yep. And you guys need to be on the for ten dollars for essentially two dollars and fifty cents a month. You get that kind of uh, that kind of content. Um, and yeah, so. I did all that, and I'm like, I, I finally got done. You know, I, we're doing this. By the time we get done with this, you know, it'll feel like the night's almost over. So I, I might be, I might be shifting into a morning person. I, I don't know. It's hard to say. We're just one day in. Yeah. We're just one day in, Aslan. And it's, and I'm so far removed. Like I don't know the last football practice I covered, but I assume it was in November. What time of pra- What time of day are those? Eight thirty, nine, something nine like- o'clock. I I set my alarm for seven fifteen I think so that I can get there by eight thirty. Yeah, you're a weirdo. See, if I had to get somewhere by eight thirty, my alarm would go off at eight oh two. But you, me, <laughs> and you had different. Uh, me and you had different routines for uh, for breakfast. Yeah. So yeah, so I, I I I say it now, knowing that when the alarm goes off, at, uh, you know, because on two on Monday I was lucky enough that I didn't have to uh, set an alarm. Mm, that's right. I just got up when I got up. So I can't you can't really beat that. No, you can't. All right, so we were out there at practice, 25 periods or so. Got to watch all of it in its full entirety. Um, should we talk about the injuries first? You want to talk about the injuries? Um, I mean, yeah, I guess. Um, it's out there. Uh, that uh, Who is it? Robert Scott, Micah Pittman. Aaron um, Hester was one of the guys. Aaron Hester. Kevin yeah. Knowles, apparently. Kevin Knowles. Somebody commented on the Monday smash that apparently this is coming from Kevin Knowles' mouth himself. I don't know, maybe he posted on social or something, but said he would be out until midseason. That's a bummer. So, But that was just somebody on YouTube. Cannot corroborate right. that. But he, he was one of the players that well, we were told is going to be uh, severely. But then there's also some players that we were told would be limited, but I don't know if we're allowed to include those in the revelation of all this. Again, he's very persnickety about talking about injuries, everybody. So I don't want to get in trouble, so I will err on the side of caution. But Corey Field right, but he, he did mention earlier that Braden Fisk would be limited. Uh, for, and we all knew that anyway because he suffered a season-ending injury at the end of last season. That's probably the reason he's not he's even here. Because if he hadn't suffered, I think it was, I can't remember what he did, shoulder maybe, yeah. that he might have been at the Combine this past week. Mm. Uh, so the one of the main reasons he's here is because of that injury. He gets one more season to kind of impress, and he'll, hopefully he'll get to go to the Combine and show what he can do. But he went, you know, I, I did see him do some things. Uh, he went through a drill. Um, with Odell, I got to hear, got to get that Odell coaching up in him for the first time. Uh, that was cool. He's man. He's he was he was really impressive. Just in the two times out, the two reps I saw of his, just how quick he was on the snap. Because he's a big dude, man. We saw him without you know. None of these guys are in pads, and it's hard to really get a gauge of anything on the line of scrimmage mm-hmm. when they're not in pads. But man, you can get a gauge of quickness and size, and he has it. Um, so that was uh, that was cool to see. That was cool to see that he's that uh, he's that big and that quick. I can see why everybody wanted him and why Notre Dame was so upset they didn't get him. Malcolm Ray also part of the right. uh, platoon of guys that will not be going at all for the spring. So. But it's like you know, and it wasn't like hey, they're out for the year. You know, they would be limited, is what Norvell said. And if it's like you know, and this is the spring is the time to get stuff cleaned up and healed up. Um, for a guy like a Robert Scott or for a guy like a Micah Pittman, right? They play a lot of football now. Like, yes, you, you'd want them out there, but as long as they're back by June or July and ready to be full bore in August, you, you're, 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 you'd much rather have Armella and people like that sap um, the newcomers out here learning 
and getting used to the pace and getting used to the system than uh, if you're, you know, if you had to, that Robert Scott will still be able to manage uh, when he gets back. You know what I mean? I don't know that right. he's losing a ton of, um, you're not, you're not, he's not losing a lot by missing uh, a spring practice. He's already been through three of them, two or three of them. Three. Yeah. Well, no, yeah. 20 didn't count. So two. Well, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Crazy times. All right, course. What was the big, the thing that stood out to you the most? What's the, what was the headline? Not to steal something from your uh, moonlighting job on some of the headlines, which will go right. on one to three o'clock with Jeff, Corey, and Ira today. So check that out. Um, you know, I, it, it's it's kind of I don't know if it's cliche or just uh, it, it probably will be the only time I do it probably. But man, uh, just it, a, a reminder that Jordan Travis is really good. Like I, he didn't do anything in any of the drills where you were like, what was that? And I know that's a weird compliment to throw at someone, but, you know, he probably threw, I don't know, 30, 40, 50 balls that I saw, like competitive balls, and all of them were uh, thrown to the right person on time, in rhythm. It's just you appreciate that he he is running this offense at such an elite level. It looks so comfortable. And it reminds me of, like, um, what a great NFL quarterback looks like in a game where it just looks so easy. Like, Everybody he throws to is open, and he makes the throw, and he makes the read, and he just he just seemed to be completely comfortable, unbelievably comfortable in what he was doing, and it was he should be. It's his fourth year in the system. It's going to be his fourth year as a starter, at least at at some points. It's his fifth spring practice or sixth. I don't, I don't know. The the kid should be this comfortable, but it was just a stark reminder of oh yeah. He understand he he can run this offense at peak efficiency. That he makes it look. Uh, again, I'm not comparing him to Tom Brady. Tom Brady's the best that's ever done it. Jordan Travis isn't that. But the way Tom Brady could make a Patriots offense look in a game, which is different than a spring practice, that's how Jordan Travis made the offense look. In my opinion, when he was out there on uh, uh, Monday, just I got the ball. I make my read. I throw it. I'm decisive. I throw with uh, I, I throw with precision. I throw with conviction. I get it there on time. So a guy, even if it's a five-yard pass, the guy can turn it into a 15-yard completion. Just one of those. It made everything. It just makes it look easy, and it's not easy, as the other three guys proved. It's not as easy, and they weren't bad by any stretch. It's not as easy as Jordan Travis made it look, and that just, to me, stood out on Monday that, oh, yeah, he is one of the best in the country, and this offense could be really, really elite. He's in total control, right? Poised yeah. and confident. Yep. I mean, like truly, genuinely confident. We saw part of that start of blossoming last year, right, Corey? But now, just the way he's carrying himself, it just seems it's on a totally di different level. And we see that. And, and Corey's point is, I mean, we're not talking about individual drills. We're talking about some of the 11-on-11 11 11 stuff that they ran uh, throughout practice. Just total command. I mean, no, ball not hitting the ground. Right. Pretty cool. Pretty yeah, cool. It, he, he, it was and – and Norvell said it, too, because I – now, I don't even know if I was going to ask about Jordan Travis. I asked about Brock Glenn, actually, I think, or just the quarterbacks in general, but I was going to kind of mainly focus on Brock Glenn. But I did notice, I remember saying to Jeff when we were up there, it's like, I don't think he's, I don't think Jordan's thrown an incompletion. And he had, he did throw, he, he ended up did throwing a couple, but one was a throwaway. One, I think he was trying to throw out of bounds and Renardo Green just made this crazy interception. And I know you might hear interception and be like, well, I thought you said Jordan Travis was awesome. It was a, it was an out and up, I watched the play. I remember it specifically. He rolls left. It's an out and up. The Renato Green reads it perfectly. And I think in a game scenario, Jordan Travis just runs with that. Like, he's not covered. I mean, he's well, well covered. The, the play is not open. But I think in that moment, at the very end of a practice, he's like, let me just throw this up there, 
for some competition, if nothing else. But I, there, I, I, I solely trust that Jordan Travis is not going to make that throw in a game. He kind of threw it, and I also think he was trying to throw it out of, out of bounds. And Renardo Green just made a crazy leaping one-handed interception on the sideline. Um, but other than that, man, it was uh, it was almost impeccable. Just balls right right in the chest, right in the hands. Um, and again, like you said, it's not so much the well, you didn't say this, but this is what we were alluding to. It's not so much the accuracy or the the distance of the throws. It's just being a complete control and seeming so comfortable with it. You, it's almost like I, I hope I'm doing a good job describing it. I don't think I am. You, you have are. to see it you to are. appreciate it. Like it it looks almost boring. You know what I mean? It's yep. like, oh, there's another boring nine yard pass to Mark Easton. There's another boring 14-yard first down to Johnny Wilson. Uh, there's another one to Mark Easton. Mark Easton was catching everything Jordan threw at him on Monday. But it was almost boring in how efficient it was, which is not boring at all. That's really cool when your football team is so efficient it looks boring. You're going to score a lot of points and put up a lot of yards that way. They weren't in pads, so we're not going to break down every single position group because some of them are kind of at a big disadvantage. But let's let's keep it a quarterback saying, Corey, I thought okay. – you know, the biggest sort of boon from Tate growing here and, and, and maintaining, and I think he's going to be able to add on what he was able to accomplish last year, man, is the quality of reps, the competitive reps. You were pointing this out when we were watching it. Man, he is looking downfield at all times when they're doing 7-on-7, seven 11-on-11. Seven, 11 11. And he's not forcing it. Sometimes maybe you want to say he's forcing it. I'm not seeing it. But I just think that the level of, of competition he's able to provide for the second team is just a really beneficial thing because, you know, we saw some stuff from A.J. last year. Again, as a true freshman, we'll talk about him maybe here in a little bit, but maybe not trying to throw the ball downfield, maybe not seeing everything that's going on, man. Tate has – Tate's got pretty solid understanding as well. Maybe he's not the the elite Ph.D. level of of Jordan, but, man, he's working on his master's degree, it feels like. It's just – it's nice to see him out there 11-on-11 looking for stuff 10, 15-plus yards downfield to may really give this offense an, another kind of level, another gear, and also put the defense on their heels. I'm really happy to see what we saw uh, so soon, day one out of Tate Rodemaker. What about you? Yeah, in middle of the field too, man. Yes. That's that's when you know a quarterback is feeling good and is, 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 is starting to understand and see it is when they use the middle of the field. He had three in a row where he was ripping them in the middle of the field to guys that weren't wide open. And I think um, that's the beauty and the curse of Tate Rodemaker is he believes in his arm so much and what he sees that occasionally he's going to throw one where you're like, oh, man, what? That dude was not open. Um, and he had a couple of those moments on Monday. But by and large, um, he uh, – he I even said this, man. Their, their top two quarterbacks are legit. I mean, Tate Rodemaker can sling it. Um, I don't know if he's ever going to be a star or, quite frankly, even a starter. Um, at this level, at least at Florida State. But, man, he's got some stuff to him. And you can just tell he looks like a, much like Jordan Travis does, he looks like a different guy. And I know it doesn't matter until he does it under the lights. But even in this setting, a spring practice, he looks so much different than the guy in 2021 when Mackenzie Milton was here. Just so much different. A completely different looking player. He believes in what he's what he's doing. He believes in what he's seeing. And he throws, again, with that word, conviction, and he's got an arm. He's got the biggest arm on the team. Um, and he just, again, he made some really, really impressive throws. And again, the comfortability of it, the way he looks in it, um, is just, uh, it, it makes you feel good about the future. It makes you feel good if, you know, knock on wood, something happens to QB1. You have a guy that I think can, can win you some games if he's playing with confidence. 
Um, he also, again, he's going to make a few more mistakes than Jordan Travis is going to make, but he has an arm, man. He's a he's a he's an impressive. That's an impressive arm that he has. AJ Duffy, I thought looked a little bit better, uh, but I thought yeah. AJ Duffy looked actually really good. Uh, setting the sort of barometer that we had from as a true freshman during spring football, tapered yeah. off during the fall. Uh, saw a little bit more confidence, felt like out of him a little bit more, uh, you know, a little bit more comfortable back there and understanding what they want to get out of him. Uh, I don't know if you want to compare him to Brock Glenn right now, or do you want to s- kind of look back and, and pull out of your memory the way it, you looked at A.J. Duffy last year and, and some of the memories you had of him and, and what you thought about Brock Glenn uh, out there on Monday? Well, this is going to sound like a shot at A.J., and it shouldn't, uh, because you're right, A.J. did have a few moments um, – last when he was going through his uh, initial practices with this football team as a, as a true freshman. But I thought, um, I, I just thought Brock Glenn looked different than what AJ Duffy did. Like I thought Brock Glenn, he did not look overwhelmed. He made some, um, you know, some pretty poor throws and I don't mean poor throws as in like into double coverage. Bad deci- there wasn't bad. Decisions. Uh, yeah, they weren't yeah. Ba- bad decisions. It was just poor throws. And he did that. Even Norvell talked about it. He did that against air to start out. He was missing some throws that he clearly can and should make. But I, I thought as the practice went on, um, he really proved to be a, a, an adept passer. He now look out of the four, he's fourth. Uh, it is clear. Um, he's fourth, in my opinion, in accuracy. He's fourth right now in arm strength. But he's not, that's not like a pop gun he's got there. Like, he's got a nice arm. Um, he's going to get better. He's going to get stronger. He's going to get bigger. Um, and he's, what, 17, 18? He's in his first, he should be in high school right now. So there are going to be some struggles. But I was really impressed with how he looked in 7-on-7 seven seven and 11-on-11. Eleven eleven. The things that we complained about the most, or at least I did about Duffy last year, was he wouldn't just let it rip. Yeah. He would tuck it and run one on one sometimes when there's no reason to ever tuck it. I don't care if he's covered or not. Just throw it up um, because they're trying to get reps. They're trying to get reps on 50-50 balls. Just give your teammates a chance to go make plays. Um, He'd do it in seven on seven. He'd do it in 11 on 11. Brock Glenn didn't do that at all. Like Brock Glenn saw what he saw and threw it. Now, they weren't all great throws, but he just, again, he, he looked the part, man. He just looked like he belonged. And I don't know that you're supposed to look like you belong when you're playing with a Heisman contender, a do du- another dude that's been here for four years, and another guy that's in his second year that was a pretty highly recruited quarterback. You look like you belong in that neighborhood with those guys. I, I just I was I was impressed with him just in the way he competed, in the way he didn't seem to get overwhelmed, even though I'm sure he was overwhelmed. Because, you know, they go fast. Norvell said that after practice. He's like, Yeah, we he's in a really tough position because we don't slow it down. He's got to speed it up. We we have a lot of guys that have played a lot of football, and, and they're rotating the quarterbacks with a bunch of different experienced veterans, and you need to know what you're doing. And he goes, he picks it up really well. He's a really bright kid. And I thought he just he made some nice throws, nothing incredible, not, not, some, not incredible throws, but he made some nice throws and some bad ones. But overall, I just liked the way he comported himself. I just thought he looked the part of a college quarterback, which, like, you got to project. He's not going to play anytime soon. But maybe if he takes a leap, he's in the conversation for 2024, but may, probably closer to 2025. But you can project. Like a guy that looks like this in his very first practice in the spring, what's he going to look like in his 40th practice of the fall? Right. And what's he going to look like in his 100th practice next year? Like I just I, I feel there's a chance he could really take off. It was, but it's one practice, so I shouldn't get too excited. Correct. And they weren't in pads. That's he wasn't right. feeling a pass rush. Otherwise, on offense, I liked Van Dravius Jacobs. 
Mm. Van Dre, Dre, Dravius, Van Dravius, Jacobs. Uh, nice, had a nice full stretch catch over the middle in 11 on 11. That uh, stood yeah. out to me. I think you caught guys caught a uh, 60, I think a Ooh. 65, 70 yard touchdown from Duffy. Let's go. In, in, uh, in seven on seven, I want to say. It might have been 11 on 11. Uh, he got behind the secondary that was full of walk ons, but I think there was a miscommunication. But either way, Duffy saw him. Uh, and he's he's and he rolled Duffy rolled out to his right, made a nice throw, and my man is fast. That speed plays. That that speed is legit, and it looks it does not look out of place at all on a Florida on the football field with a bunch of guys that are older than him. Uh, Jeremiah Byers, cross training. Let's just let's put it that cross training, y'all. I like okay. that. That was good to see. Uh, otherwise, I guess maybe tight ends are worth talking about. This is your, your first time you were able to lay eyes on Kyle Morlock and Jaheim Bell. Uh, were you able to, to see they make any plays, and uh, how do they stack up to maybe your expectations, and what do you think they're going to maybe bring overall, Corey, to this offense? What I noticed, and I wrote about this on the site, uh, Jaheim Bell made a couple of really – one was in uh, basically one-on-none, just air drills with the quarterbacks. He made a really impressive like uh, back shoulder catch by the sideline. And then another one in 11-on-11 where he got uh, inside some uh, one of the DBs or linebackers and made a really nice – maybe Brendan Gant. He made a contested catch against him. Um, and Gant almost had an interception on the next play against Rodemaker. Really, really good play out in the flat where he almost caught – he almost intercepted a screen pass. But um, Mike Norvell on both plays sprinted over to Bell yeah. and screamed at him for not holding the ball the right way. Both times, like screamed at him and, and talked about not not um, starting bad habits or not continuing bad habits to get rid of bad habits. But he made it a point. Both times that kid made a play, a, a really impre- really impressive catches where you see that size and that physical ability. He made a point of going over there and and uh, and laying into him. Quite frankly, about the way he was uh, the way he was holding the ball or the way he finished the play, whatever it was. And I'm like, yeah, man. It kind of reminded me, but not nearly the same context of how they coached Parchment. Yeah. When Parchment got here um, late and whenever that was in August before the 2021 season, because they knew how important he was going to be to the offense. They know what they have in Jaheim Bell. They have a guy that not many other, maybe no other schools in the country have a dude quite like this. And he could take this offense from good to exceptional. He is just a freak of freaks. He might be the most talented the singularly most talented athlete on the offense. Um, and they they are not going to coach him easy because they know if they unleash what he is, he could be the difference between nine wins and 11 wins or 10 wins and a uh, playoff berth. Like, that's how good and talented this kid, that's how good and talented this kid is. And I thought that was very obvious that Norvell had a message he was trying to send to that kid on the first day of practice. We're full swing into March, spring football as well. Uh, Florida State, we'll see if they can maybe pull off a miracle. Somehow work their way through the ACC tournament and get into the national tournament. March Madness. But if they don't, MyBookie's got you covered, everybody. Go to MyBookie.ag, use the promo code WARCHANT, and you'll get a cash deposit bonus that helps you out, make the bets you want to make, and maximize your winnings. They're my bracket $150,000 contest. Uh, Get started on March 16th. First place gets $25,000. Second place, $20,000. And then there's $100,000 also out there uh, for other prizes. The bracket. It's the best thing that we do all year as sports fans. I'm not even the basketball guy. I love the bracket. Can't wait to fill mine out. I will be doing so over at my bookie. Use that promo code WARCHANT 
at mybookie.ag. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere. The $150,000 bracket contest. $25,000 for first place. Second place gets twenty, and then $100,000 more out there in cash prizes. Use that promo code WARCHANT again over at mybookie.ag. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Defensively, Corey. Um, yeah, well, yeah. No, let's let's let's. They first team, second team. A lot of good players out there. Yeah. When it gets to the third team defense, like what AJ and and, and Brock Glenn were going up against, a lot of names we're not familiar with. Uh, a lot of guys that aren't on the payroll, if you will. Mm. I don't know if that's going to be a problem or not, but that was kind of what jumped out to me defensively. Again, they're not in pads, so it's really hard to you know gauge if. If they're pass rush, I mean, I know they're they're getting off the ball nice. Jared versus back there creating some problems. Daryl Jackson, which you and Jeff talked about, and you can expound on that certainly, Corey. But that was a little bit interesting to me because we saw them in period three when they usually do a eleven on eleven tempo. They were just doing eleven on air, but they had the offense like on outside on one of the practice fields, and like Jordan, the ones were on one of the forty yard lines going to the end zone, and then on the opposing forty yard line was like Tate and the twos going the other way, you're like, wow, like, look at all this offensive playmaking talent they have out there. And then when they did 11-on-11, 11 11, when they got past the second team, you're like, whoa, where are these guys defensively? And I guess maybe some of this stuff uh, with some of the injuries might be coming into play, but that's, you know, not ideal, but I don't think it's going to really hinder them all that much this spring, but that's kind of something that stood out to me for worse. I, yeah, but I think if you went to most – uh, high-level college football teams and looked at their third-string defenses, they would look, especially in the spring, would look similar to that. Like, fair, fair. you know, especially when you've got, what, you've got 18 scholarship linemen, 17 scholarship offensive linemen. Um, so that's, heck, that's a, that's 20% of your roster right now. You're just not going to have a lot of great third-string linebackers and third-string safeties. And I think that's, the, the specifically safety and linebacker, again, when you get to those, the, after the first, uh, by the way, Travis J, a couple of pass breakups and one-on-ones look good. Believe. Well, welcome believe. back, Travis. Welcome back. Um, I think when you get to that, um, the, those, those positions on a depth chart, you're not going to, you're not going to have a lot of talented scholarship guys. You'd like to have one like in KJ Kirkland, um, is a guy that I thought made a couple of really nice plays when he got the opportunity. You also got a few guys coming in, in, in the fall, uh, Blake Nicholson. I know he's a linebacker. But he's not here right now. But he will be here. Um, so that gives you a little more depth. Conrad um, Hussey is one of the top safeties, and he'll be here in yeah. the summer. So I think Edwin so, so Joseph gotta, might also be out there in the secondary. So Yeah, there you go. So you'll have some more guys. But right now, yeah, it's the bottom. Uh, I, I shouldn't say the bottom of the barrel. It's just you're, you don't your have a lot of talented. Yeah, it's it's yeah. worth the bottom of your roster. That's fine. Yeah, bottom of your roster. But overall, I man, I again, I had not seen Daryl Jackson in person. I, I did not know that's what he looked like. That was uh, that, That's an impressive dude, man. Jeez, Louise, that was something. So you've got him, Fabian Lovett, Braden Fisk, um, Joshua Farmer. I mean, you've you've got 
you know, real guys, man. It, they, it, it just, when you, when you take a step back, and we don't do this enough, or maybe we do it too much, depending on your viewpoint, but when you take a step back to what we were watching two or three years ago in this program, in the, what, what players were on this roster, and now you look at somebody like Daryl Jackson, who looks like that, who has the experience he has, and legitimately might not start, probably won't start, because you have Fisk and Fabian Lovett. Man, that, well, come on now. Like, that's the place they haven't been at. Same with the offensive line. They're going to be, you know, Darius Washington might not start. Uh, but heck, for all we know, I don't know if Maurice Smith is going to start. I mean, they Julian Armella might, Bless Harris might not start. Like, they, they just have so many bigger, better bodies. And that, that, to me, is what stands out when you look at the defense. I just, it's that defensive line. Again, you can't really take much from a practice with no pads, so I won't. But those body types, the yes. bo- the size that Odell is working with, as I walk past them today, because at the, fir- the start of practice in the IPF, he's working with defensive ends and defensive tackles. So they're all over there in that corner. And holy moly, man, they are just big, big dudes. It's just, it's a different looking, it's just a different looking group. It looks like a, it, it looks like they've, um, it, it, it reminds me of like Brady's friends, my 14-year-old son. Like the kids that were on his 11 and 12-year-old baseball team and then looking at them now as 14 and 15-year-olds. Just that growth where you're like, man, that, they almost look like men now. Three years ago, they had those squeaky, whiny voices and were eating Big League Chew and crying because they struck out. And now they look like they should be driving cars. It's like that kind of growth uh, w- with what's happened with the offensive and defensive lines at this at this program. As for specific players, again, how do you right, what do you right. say about defensive linemen? You yeah, can't. I was gonna say Jared Verse running quarterbacks off their spot, running his mouth, doing his yeah, thing. So definitely was, running his mouth. Yeah, that was good to um, see. Secondary I, I say, wise is probably some of the stuff yeah, that we can dive into, right? And that's where I was gonna go to. I there was a there were a couple of plays back I saw I saw number twenty three make a play. I didn't have a roster in front of me. So I saw number twenty three and one on ones make a nice break on a ball and make a nice pass break up. Um, and then in seven-on-sevens, I saw him do it again. And quite frankly, I'm thinking either that's a freshman that's not going to play that I don't need to know his number, or it's a walk-on that's gotten lucky. And then after the third pass breakup he made, I think this was when 11-on-11, I'm like, who in the world is 23? And I got um, a picture of a roster. I'm like, oh, that's Ventrell Cypress. Okay, yeah. Okay, he looks good. Like that kid, it's not like I thought he wasn't, he didn't, he wasn't playing like a walk on. It's just, I didn't know the number. I wasn't familiar with the number. And I'm like, ah, I'm too lazy to even look it up right now. I'll see. And it was Fentrell Cypress. Like he really stood out. Renardo had the pick that I talked about, but uh, again, it's just a solid, solid player. Um, and I thought, uh, I'm trying to think if there was anybody else that I, oh, and Greedy, and, and Greedy Vance, yes. Greedy and Jari and Jones uh, both made plays and both looked good. And I, I keep forgetting about Jari and Jones. And I shouldn't. He was playing well for them at the end of last year. And I think he's a pretty good college football player. He's, and he's experienced and old and has a chip on his shoulder. And that guy might be your fifth or sixth guy. That's, uh, it's, it, they, the, I thought the secondary, when they did the one-on-one specifically, um, and seven-on-seven, too, for that matter, I thought, they were, I, I thought they were at least even with the receivers. Like, again, it's hard to cover Ja'Kai Douglas in a full field when you don't have any help. It's just you and him. But I thought for the most part, uh, those guys did a really uh, a, a really good job for the first day of spring practice. What about Duke Cooper, Amarian Cooper, safety Amarian Cooper? I don't know. I didn't see enough from him, honestly. I, I didn't see enough from him in the 11-on-11 to know 
um, whether he's whether that's going to be a really good fit for him or not. I do think it's it's interesting that Fuller on Friday when we talked to them before at the luncheon, and then Norvell. Um, Maybe. Yeah, I, yeah, I guess spoke he, about today. him after practice on Monday. Yeah, he spoke about yeah. him after practice. He on talked about like he, you know, he was injured last year and he lost some confidence, and that was clear. Um, and and that they're hoping that this that that if if he can tap back into the guy he was in 2021, that could be a real difference maker at a position they need difference makers. Yes, they lost their best guy, easily their best guy, and they're going to need somebody to uh, to step in, and maybe Duke Cooper could be that guy. All right. Um, Otherwise, I don't know, just, uh, any other thing that we missed, They check out the practice video footage, some kicks between Ryan Fitzgerald and Tyler mm. Keltner. There you go. Uh, Keltner was good in his kicks that I saw. So was Ryan Fitzgerald. Keltner a little bit more true, a little bit more split in the uprights, a little less when they did, But when they did the special teams work in like period 11 or whatever it was in the middle of practice. Yeah, I didn't see that. I was Yeah, still you up. didn't. No. Uh, let, Fitz us know. let us know. Fitz Fitzmagic was two for two. Okay. From 32 and 37, and Keltner was one for two. Ooh. Made his 32-yarder, 37-yarder faded to the right, although it did look like a bad snap, and he had his, his timing was off, and he kind of punched it up in the air because his 32-yarder landed on the roof of the IPF. Like, he crushed it. He's got a, better, he's got a bigger leg. Um, but is it more accurate? That's more what we'll find out. Yeah, yeah that's true. Uh, Johnny Wilson... Huge human being, uh, one of the drills. Didn't see him drop a pass. Did you? Didn't see him drop oh, a single pass. Okay, I saw him good. catch probably 25 balls to 30 balls. Uh, when you talk about the one-on-one, not one-on-one, seven-on-seven, and then the, the air stuff, didn't see him drop one. Yeah, they were working on their get-off and, like, you know, working the hands to get off the press. And, man, his hands were so violent. Uh, just I don't know how he was playing with that kind of level of aggression maybe last year, but – just something else that might be unlocked with him now, too, where it's like, all right, man, if you're, you know, you maybe want to play off because he's so big. Maybe some of these people want to get in his jersey. I don't know if either of those approaches will work. Uh, and then you kept getting 72 and 79 confused out there, Corey. Is that a good or a bad thing? I think it's an awesome thing. Okay. I And 70. Like, I, because Armella was, last year I thought Armella was like the one guy that looked like an NFL lineman like physically like you know yes. just height wise stature wise um carried his weight so, well very tall yeah everything. kind of yeah built exactly well. right built yeah well. built well and then uh on monday i i confused lucas simmons who's 79 with him i'm like oh there's armella playing he's why is he playing there and then i realized oh that's not julian armella and then the same thing with roddick like i saw roddick who wears number 70 yep. now roddick is a little you know girthier in the middle i guess yes but same thing, big, huge dude, wearing in the 70s, and I think it's a very good thing when you're starting to get multiple NFL-looking bodies mixed up. Now, it also means I'm getting old and I'm not good at my job. But the, the upside to that is as I confuse all these linemen that I'm paid to cover and know their numbers and names, it does tell you, it does again speak to what's the, the, uh, the, the changing landscape of the offensive line. That you got multiple guys that just look like NFL linemen. Don't know if they're going to play like them. Have no idea. Lucas Simmons has had one spring, one football, college football practice in his career. Julian Ramel has never started a game. Casey Roddick's never started here. But by God, do they look like them? They look like they look the part. All right, and we can't give you folks a roll call on everybody. Uh, we can't talk about depth charts. So if you've got questions about who's where, we really can't go into that kind of stuff. And, again, it's right. 
it's early in the spring, so we, we don't need to really focus on that. But maybe we'll try to find ways to drop hints and clues to you as we uh, go throughout this spring football season. They're off today. They'll be back at it Wednesday. I don't know if we'll do a show for you folks on Wednesday, but um, stay with us on Warchant.com. Corey's column. I'm sure Ira's going to be working on something. Uh, we've got videos of them practicing, all the interviews afterwards, seminal headlines, 1 to 3 o'clock later today, Jeff Cameron show, 1 to 3 o'clock rest of the week. And, um, yeah, basketball starts, tips off at 2 o'clock against Georgia Tech in the ACC tournament. Baseball back in business, 5 p.m. against Bethune-Cookman. And maybe we'll drop a Renegade Express thread here in the next day or two uh, to keep things afloat uh, in these in-between days. So they're doing Monday, Wednesday, Friday this week. They're off all of next week as a spring break. And then they'll be going Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Saturdays will be scrimmages. Those are closed to us, but we do get to speak to them afterwards. So 10 bucks, everybody. Four yep. months. I mean, jump on it already. Figure it out. Please. Yeah. For Corey, I'm Aslan. Thanks for listening to Wake Up War Champ, presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Girl. Have a great one. We'll catch up with you folks later this week.